Buenas noches, mi hermanos y hermanas. Mi nombre es Roberto McCoy. Mi amigo Jorge Ventura es persona hola. muy famoso. <laughs> hola, hola. ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? This is George Ventura, and welcome to Liberty Station. Uh, George, uh, you are our guest tonight. You've been a guest on the program a number of times, and the reason why we keep having you back is because you're a citizen journalist, and uh, you, you do work for an outlet, and you can mm -hmm. talk about that. But you have been on the cutting edge of some profound stories as the press has been complicit in the narrative, uh, in the propaganda, in the censorship. And we wouldn't have the stories we have unless you were on the front lines mm -hmm. bringing the real news to us. And we get to see the videos. And, uh, and I met you early on and was so blessed to call you my friend and was so impressed with what you were doing. And we've been doing this together now for almost a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, a little bit, maybe closer to two, because uh, we met right when the lockdowns happened, and you were one of the churches that we featured in our uh, reporting that actually stood up against the lockdowns in California. There weren't too many, and, you know, just telling those stories, and I think, you know, people across the country are just, they're hungry for that information, and they're looking for it, and it just takes, you know, some guts to just getting out there, talking to folks, and, and putting yourself out there, and like you said, just being on, being on the front lines of these, of these stories that the mainstream press just well, keeps continuing to miss. So, so you know, I'm, I'm doing, like you, I'm doing a lot of traveling, and, and Bryce has been instrumental in scheduling for us as we want to do uh, Liberty Station five nights a week. And the reason why you wanted to bring George back, pr pretty much, it's, it's sooner than we have in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had you recently, but we wanted to bring him back because... Uh, you were telling me about a documentary. You want to share with folks at least? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to steal any of Jorge's thunder. Um, I, Jorge, George, we're going to go back and forth with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you have a preference me. either way? No, I, it's you a 50-50. I got, you know, half my I've been friends. Because I've been calling you Jorge Half my friends call me Jorge. The other half call me George. Mom still calls me uh, Jorjito. Jorjito. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm going to stay away from Jorjito. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's what my mom's name uh, still for me. But yeah, you know, I mean, I know you're working really, really hard right now. And I and I um, got to follow you early on, even before I, I knew mm -hmm. that, um, you know, Rob um, was also in your corner. Because I, I think right now this guerrilla journalism of getting the truth out there is so vital. And we have an attack on real journalism in our country right now. FBI um, raid your house. Yeah, and FBI raid your house. Uh, latest news from James O'Keefe, and maybe you want to comment on this, but um, Microsoft um, uh, was working with the Department of Justice, releasing all of their email information, everything that was on the cloud, documents, all that stuff, was being accessed by the Department of Justice. What's happened to our government? Um, well, what's what's crazy about this is because that's that's bad enough, right? You know, yeah, but they right. can they can do that with a you know court orders and you know things and, like and, that. And where's the press right now defending James yeah, O'Keefe? Um, well, they're 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 not, but this is at least getting some national attention because, yeah. you know, there's so much that uh, um, uh, James O'Keefe releases that that really doesn't get much attention at all. But I've been saying from the beginning, you could have a video of Nancy Pelosi killing a puppy in the street and, and uh, people would just dismiss it. And that's unfortunately the world we're in. Um, but what they've done with James O'Keefe is they um, then put a gag order on Microsoft um, so that behind the scenes they were covering it up. And then when the judge came out and, and was in favor of him being protected by journalistic privileges in New York, um, uh, disallowed the FBI from you know looking at any of these things, the, pro uh, the prosecution looking at any of these things, 
um, they reinstituted the gag order on Microsoft. So it's so it's them covering it up. Yep. It's them behind the scenes doing some really evil stuff. Have you faced any of that, or are you still kind of uh, so mobile and you're like you know going from location to location? <laughs> it's kind of hard to keep track of you. Have you had any government interference on your end, or have you been just kind of doing what you do, and they just consider you you know? And Fly, I don't. Flying under the radar right. for now. Yeah, but they they just consider you too small to to you know come after. Which of course, in my estimation, you aren't. And I'm. I, I hope they aren't coming after you. But tell us. For me, uh, not yet. Um, I'm kind of working up to a level where I'm not on the kind of on the radar like a James, James O'Keefe. The big thing that I'm getting get hit with, and a lot of journalists are experiencing uh, this as well. Um, the latest kind of victim of that was uh, Savannah Hernandez. She's a reporter who was interviewing uh, the NCAA athletes after the, the, the Leah Thomas race, and right. Twitter suspended her account. Um, so the big thing, yeah. So the big thing for me right now is the censorship and the and the shadow banning. So yeah. it, it hurts the reporting because you almost have to avoid certain topics and things like that because you get you get hit. So right now it's basically Silicon Valley colluding with our government. We had Jen Psaki a couple of months ago during the White House press briefing say, um, you know, uh, Instagram and Facebook, you better start like, you know, banning people yeah. for misinformation. Everything is under the guise of misinformation. misinformation yeah. we, so, we, need, we need the... Yeah, they're, the, they're throttling your reach, they're yeah. thwarting you. Yeah. And that's, a, and that's that, you know, that hurts you because... You need the ministry of truth. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and, that, and, it, and it really hurts reporters <laughs> like myself up. because, you know, I'm not... With a Fox News or a CNN where, you know, my stuff is getting marketed all over, billion-dollar companies, it's, you know, we're working with what we have. So when they shadow ban us or things like that, it really hurts getting uh, the message out there. So that that's the biggest thing that I'm facing um, right now. Then I guess just the other thing for me is just, you know, putting putting yourself on the front lines. You know, you're putting yourself in, 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 in dangers and, yeah. and, and things like that. But Because well, you, you took some, uh, I mean, you were shot out of the border, right? They had a gun yeah. pointed at him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Almost, yeah I was uh, I was starting about a human smuggler in uh, Yuma, Arizona back in, uh, in, in October. Um, I was actually filming, it was a human smuggling route in, in, in Yuma, and we've been going there, and we've been getting great video of the smuggling. Um, and in this case, it was a little bit different because the smuggler only brought in one individual. They usually bring in multiple people. So according to Border Patrol, they, they were thinking that that, that uh, individual he brought in was probably carrying a lot of drugs. because He had a huge black backpack. But um, yeah, as soon as the smuggler saw that I was filming him, he was like threatening to shoot me. He wanted to steal my phone from me, and I just... Ran back to the border. I didn't look back, and uh, you know, I, I thank God nothing, nothing happened. But I think a big thing for me that really helped me out a lot was actually a couple of weeks ago I attended a service here uh, with with Pastor Rob, and he was talking about the Book of Esther and how you know if you put yourself and if you live by the truth here in 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 your life right now, you you don't have to be scared about death Amen. or anything. Yeah. So that actually was was critical for me because I, I attended that service, and then right after that I went up to Nor- Northern California where. We're working on this new documentary. Uh, we're in the very first stages of it, kind of exposing the drug cartels in Northern California. We just did the piece, Cartelville, USA, uh, up in the Antelope Valley. We're literally only like an hour and a half away from this yeah. kind of cartel haven in the desert. So um, it was good for me to hear that before going up to NorCal because I was able to just walk fearless and, yeah. and just be confident. And the the people that I was around with that are helping with the story, they were just like, hey, man, aren't you like nervous and, and all this stuff? I'm like, no, no, I'm I, I, I Read Esther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was meaningful for me. Jorge, you, faith wasn't always a thing for you. You weren't a churchgoer, were no. you? Don't, no, yeah. I mean, it, when we met, I, it, it wasn't because, you know, you'd been coming to church or anything like that. We just, uh, our world's connected mm-hmm. because of our desire to want to report truth. And, um, and I, I just, I was so moved by your reporting. And then to hear your story, I mean... 
you know, you really hadn't darkened the doors of a church, and here you are attending a service that moves you and ministers mm-hmm. to you. And we've had a couple of conversations about faith, but share with everybody. I mean, that's that wasn't your upbringing. No, you know, my my, you know, I was raised, and, and, and you weren't a, I, I, you know, still, I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say you're a conservative. You're, you're committed to truth, yeah. and you weren't raised in a conservative home. You didn't have political bend, but you just started understanding reporting and journalism, and you realized. This isn't right. Something clicked with you. Is that fair? Yeah, that, that that's fair. And you know, um, kind of little by little, I've been working on my on my on my relationship with God. And I think I just love the the community you get and the foundation, the family aspect, and, and preaching the the family values. It, it aligns a lot with like the old school kind of you know Hispanic Latino yeah. you know household. So like my you know my parents were raised kind of Catholic. They were it's it was a very traditional home, but we just never went to church. It was like it was social Catholicism, yeah. not yeah. Never never went to church, but um, now now in my later years, now I'm 26, but basically after 2020, I started looking in, into it more, fixing kind of you know making that relationship a little bit easier, and and it's been helping me a lot. And the big thing was meeting you and kind of get connected in that world, and then uh, you know attending service and kind of getting welcome from everyone. I mean everyone from I mean down to you know your whole family. Kelly has been amazing. Yeah, everyone has just been welcoming and. Uh, it's a good journey, and um, and then I'm meeting other people who are kind of on the same journey with me. It's great. How do you, how do your folks feel about it? Are they impressed with your growth and your maturity? Or are they proud? Yeah, of you? yeah, they they're they're actually amazed. Um, so if if you knew me back in high school, you would probably think this kid's gonna either die from alcohol, drugs, or go to jail. So when I was in high school, I was a knucklehead. I was rebellious, literally for no reason. I had You're probably good friends. Parents. Yeah, yeah, you know. So <laughs> I was um, I did a lot of drugs earlier in in high school, drinking all the time. And, uh, you know, my mom was just worried. She just thought that I was basically going to end up in jail after after high school. And um, after yeah, this up in the high around. desert. Yeah. And it was a- after high school, I finally, you know, started to turn my life around. And they right now can't they, they can't believe it. So it's, yeah. been, it's been a good journey. Well, and I think families and parents need to hear that because mm-hmm. there are times when kids go sideways yeah. and things like that. And, there are, and and parents who are in the middle of that right now, you know, there is hope. There's hope in Christ. You know, yeah. Pray, pray for your kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. Look, I have. I'm blessed with two amazing parents, um, you know, both immigrated from El Salvador. My dad was like forced into the army by the government. So he was like in the Civil War at the age of 14. And, and with the and, and Sandinistas. Up, yeah, and, yeah. So, yeah. you know, so I was raised with a, with a type of family where you have to work for everything. I'm very, you know, res- respectful. I'm very blessed. And I said this when you brought me up to speak, um, Pastor Rob, was I'm very blessed that I wasn't raised with the family of like, oh, well, we're not, we don't have this because of white privilege or yeah. you know all of this it was just my dad just put the mentality in me he said hey if you want something first one in last one out type of mentality work and, hard and that's that's what i was raised on it's great brothers and sisters yeah i got a got a younger brother he just turned 22 and i got a sister who's 19 who's uh about to go to a uh, uh, college so Come on, uh, excited for their journey would you uh, without you know revealing their private lives it would it be Fair enough to ask what your dad did for a living, your mom? Yeah, so my dad, and, and he does it to, to uh, today. So he he basically has a sixth grade education out of El Salvador, and he's been a, a trucker ever since he got into the United States. And my mom's a, a food worker at actually at a, at a UCLA. Okay. Um, so very working class background. Um, but my dad being a trucker was, I think, it was a blessing just to be raised in that middle class, kind of you have to earn everything. Um I was actually speaking to, his, to with a friend about this, but like right now we're the current state of our country and economy, inflation, California. You know, my dad was 25 years old. 
He owned a home in Downey, California. My mom could stay home and raise a family. I mean, that, yeah. that was a beautiful American lifestyle yeah. where the mom stays home. She she could pay the 100% attention to the kids. My dad could focus on on being the breadwinner. That's how that's how America should be. Yeah. And that type of America doesn't exist. I'm pretty sure you know. Robert, Certainly in uh, California. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you know, you know folks where now the dad has two grueling jobs. The mom now works a part-time. And then that whole family structure isn't there. And you're having kids being raised without the mom and dad in their life. It's it's. We just don't have a good system right now right. in America. Yeah, well, bad policy and bad politicians yep. are, have have robbed us of yep. that. Yeah, and that really started off 2008 when we got we got hit with the financial crash. My family was directly impacted. We had a nice home in Corso, California. My dad lost that house. Um, my dad was a trucker, and all his work stopped. So my dad went from you know making over six figures in trucking till no income, working working a part time. Uh, job as like delivering food and stuff for like 14 bucks an hour for us to survive but during that time and i'm grateful that my parents never got a divorce but during that time a lot of families got oh, a the divorce strain, the strain you know? was insane yeah, a, lot, yeah. lot of, a lot of american men when they saw the, those jobs um for first the financial crash then right after uh, republicans and democrats sold out all those manufacturing jobs in the midwest to, yeah. to china and the nafta deal so we really saw we saw the breakup of the american family right after 2008 yeah, and here you are, twenty six, right? Twenty six, mm-hmm. and and you you're starting to see this. I mean, you can look at the global horizon, the geopolitical horizon, mm-hmm. and now you can start to make sense of it. And you're you're going and watching the source of all of these uh, social maladies that are hitting the country, and you're going out and and pointing out this is what's causing it, and you're doing frontline reporting. What's this documentary you're working on? Can you talk about it? Yeah, so basically what happened, uh, Pastor Rob, is, is back last year when I was covering the border, I was there. I mean, I was basically living in South Texas at a point, just being there every day, working the border. Um, I met Congressman Mike Garcia from California. He actually represents District 25, which is North LA County. And I asked the congressman... We, we, we helped get him elected. Yeah, yeah. I, I asked the congressman. I said, hey, congressman, you're the only representative from California like worrying about the border crisis. Like, why? And he said, Jorge, what we have... What's going oh, on he here? He calls you Jorge. Yeah, so he calls uh, you Jorge. So he says, "What's going on here?" Hey, what's is, going on? <laughs> is is uh, impacting a, a district called the Anila Valley, three hundred miles away, and that's where we filmed. Our, that's where was our introduction to the first documentary, where all these kind of Mexican cartels were seeing Chinese organized organized crime as well, and the Armenians in the act in California moving in, starting up these illegal marijuana growing operations. Now, look, I know when majority of people hear marijuana, they're like, "Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just pot. It's probably they they, they kind of have this." Uh, imagination that's like it's like Cheech and Chong out there smoking weed. No, this stuff they is have intense. no idea that it's you know um, criminal organized. It's there's a, there's and, a human and the intensity aspect. of the of the THC is calling causing psychosis. I yeah, marijuana and it's getting psychosis. to, to, to yeah. younger folks. So we we did an investigation on that um, and exposed a lot of it. Um, that 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 documentary is out right now. So you can just go to carteldoc.com. They, they could, they could say, check it say out. it slower. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, cartel and then doc doc doc.com um it's going to go into kind of what's going on in the Anila Valley California so right now in um in up there in Anila Valley there's over 500 illegal marijuana operations now that's a lot right yeah um I just went to Northern California to kind of get our, our first steps into what what's, what's our investigation going to look like. When you say Northern California, what what region? We're up in like Shasta, Siskiyou okay. County, Medicinal, like kind of w- close w- to Oregon. Which used to be somewhat conservative. Well, it's, it still is. That's actually it okay. is. Those are one of the few counties, actually, like Siskiyou and Shasta, that overwhelmingly voted to recall Newsom. So I'm up there... And just one county, so I'm, I'm I'm actually speaking to a low, like a law enforcement guy. I'm like I'm like man in LA County we have over 500 of these operations. He laughs the guy at me. laughs at me. Yeah. He's like 500. He's like just in Shasta we got like 7,000. I was like wait what? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah and, yeah and it's it's uh, it's really dangerous. So we're gonna uh, basically yeah. the the documentary is gonna be uh, step two 
of kind of how much control and power these these cartels have in Northern California. And this is the first time this ever happened to me. I had two interviews, one with a county, two, well, they're both county board of supervisors. The first one ended up backing out because she got threatened by a cartel member at a restaurant physically. So she actually backed out. The second county board of supervisors did the interview with me. And then after the interview, this never has ha- ever happened with me with a politician. Right after the interview, the politician asked me, hey, can you not include my name in the report? Can you blur my face? Can you? I'm like, yeah. that's how much death threat to control the cartel side. And this is in the United States. I mean, this sounds like it's it, third world Not country. just the United States. It's in our state. It's in our California. state. California. Right yep. Yeah. So we're going to be really focusing on that and, and just kind of uh, showing Californians the kind of the failures of, of Prop 64. Prop 64 is what legalized cannabis statewide. In, in, and and in Democrats voted for that. Yep. Overwhelmingly, yeah. it was it, Democrats champion. put it forward. Democrats voted for it. They have a supermajority in the House and the, and the Senate, uh, the Assembly and the Senate. Folks, I, Republican or Democrat, all I'm saying is bad government is a result of these bad mm-hmm. laws that have been put forward by bad politicians and the lion's share of them all have D's behind their name. And I want to say one more, there's just a, another key detail in here. What made this kind of more fascinating was, you know, these little towns up in Northern California, very rural, you know, like towns like Doris, yeah. 2,000 population. Right. Most of the folks are ranchers, hardworking people. They've been there for like 150 years. Family has, has passed the, the land. Those towns are right now have been taken over by Hmong organized crime. I'm talking yeah. about these these huge kind of Hmong populations that are moving C- Cambodian. in. Cambodian. Yeah, like moving in from, Minis- from Minnesota. Hmong is a st- tribe. Yep. Uh, Hmong's a, a tribe and, from and, Cambodia. And starting up illegal marijuana operations and, and actually kind of taking these ranchers out with violence and water theft. Um, so this is happening in America. And, you know, when I'm speaking to those folks, they feel like they're forgotten. The media doesn't give them any attention. No, no. Uh, the government hates them. I mean, Gavin Newsom hates those counties because those yep. counties went against Newsom. Let me let me pause really quick to clarify something for people that that I don't think is uh, is understood. So they passed uh, le- they legalized marijuana, but because our uh, government is so incompetent here, because they cannot govern, they passed this thing, and yet the black market has grown. Oh yeah, um, uh, more than the legal market because what they've done is they've done such a poor job in in making it uh, you know a path to being legal. That the the black market, they just looked at it and said, okay, we we need to keep going on this side because the regulation is so arduous over here, and they do that to everything. They they ruin it through regulation. So even even their their intentions on this thing, they've wrecked it. And I just want to say for the audience because. Um, you know, you might be watching this and be like, oh, this is, this is just a California problem. This is not. No. The, the, yeah. the, 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 they have, um, after our first documentary, we're getting reports. Uh, we got Chinese organized illegal groups in, in uh, New Mexico. And then the state it's that everywhere. they're... Yeah, the, 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 the state that they're looking at right now that's getting, get, getting hit pretty bad. And I was shocked is Oklahoma now. It's getting taken over by the Chinese organized crime re- related to these illegal grow operations. Okay. Um, 26, uh, when you... <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you register when you first became a voter as Democrat? No. So actually, um, excuse me, Pastor Rob. For me, when I was in community college, and I, I really, and I'm, I'm glad that my professors were like this. They taught us to report down the middle. And then they also told us, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but they, they would say, hey, you know, back in the '70s or the '80s, reporters who reported on politics, they'd be independent, didn't vote. Oh, they didn't. Yeah, vote. because they would look at like, like, a, like a conflict of interest. So when, when he told me that. Um, at that time, I still have never voted, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take that path of, I can't, I can't, you I know, be affiliate, affiliate, and I gotta, gotta hold both of these parties, you know, feet to the fire. That's so great. I have, I haven't voted. I never will, and I, and, I, and I get people all the time like, oh, you should vote. You're an American. Look, at the end of the day, everyone's job 
whatever you do has has a sacrifice. If you're a firefighter, yeah. that's the risk of hey, if, if I leave this door, you know, if I leave my home, I'm not going to be. There's a chance I might not come back to my wife and kids. So, so, so that's a sacrifice I made. Yeah, just the, so and that was also traditional for generals too, yeah. by the way, not yeah. not voting. Let me emphasize when you say this is a sacrifice, so that folks know that it, you're not shirking a responsibility. You, you you have the ability to vote for the person you would want to be in office for your future and for your family's future, those type of things. But for the sake of of being um, an honest broker and reporting the truth, which is a calling you have, um, you you have taken this position, and you're you're standing and you're going where the truth leads you. Because the First Amendment, uh, the protection of the pulpit. And it's the first 16 words, Congress shall make no, no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And, of course, Hugo Black turns that upside down and makes it freedom from religion, which devastates America back in 1947. But entwined in that same First Amendment is you have the protection of, of the pulpit mm-hmm. and, and a, a man's conscience before God you know, the legislature can make no law infringing on that sanctified mm-hmm. relationship of the man's conscience before God. And then the press is protected, speech is protected, and the right to peaceably assemble. So the reason why our founders gave us the First Amendment after making us the sovereign, we the people, in the preamble of the Constitution, that's the sovereign of the nation. Then they said, government, these folks will govern by the consent of the sovereign, the people, but they'll be constrained within the seven articles of that constitution. And the very first of the 10 amendments in the Bill of Rights is what is called, in a sense, every king needs a counselor, or every king needs counselors, and every president needs a cabinet. So they gave the sovereign in America, the people, a cabinet, a press to report the truth, the pulpits to proclaim it, the people are called to live it. And if all that breaks down, they can peaceably assemble. Mm-hmm. And and so you've taken this position that I don't want anyone saying I'm favoring anything to the best of my ability. Now everyone has a bias because mm-hmm. that's the way the world is, but you're going to live every day of your life trying to keep that bias in check, and you're going to report the truth no matter where it leads you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so so you're, you're going to dig and... and that's all, and even though you're going to get supported and and be encouraged by folks that will hear this broadcast, if something dirty happens with God speak, you're going to be the first one reporting it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's your job. It's going to break your heart. You're not going to like it, but you're going to report it. That's that's the burden of this calling upon your life. Yes, exactly. And you know, for me, just getting those stories that the corporate press misses. Um, just like just like how how last year I spent um we did a, a mini documentary called Takeout Only where we featured all these local uh, restaurants in California that were basically going to go yeah. out of business because of the lockdowns. I spent three months where all we did was interview families and talk about mental health, amazing and depression, work and, uh, on your and, and, and and getting those those um those stories out there. And I think you know right now Americans are hungry for it. And I, I it's just it, you know as a journalist it kind of just it still breaks your heart just seeing how how much of of that corporate press of how good they still are at at at, at the propaganda because you know the way people get kind of manipulated by this stuff is is still incredible to me. Now, who do you work for? Right now, the uh, the uh, Daily Caller. So, um, great, so grateful for them because they they gave me an opportunity. Back are are you contracted? Are you uh, a freelance? Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a freelance kind of contributor deal. Okay. Um, so been with them. Yeah, like I said, since twenty. Because when we start with Liftable TV, uh, and we start that. 
that angle of you know getting the word out because currently I, I want everyone to come off of YouTube. I want us, want them mm -hmm. to join us on Rumble, and then we're going to take another medium, which is going to be Liftable TV. And what I want to do on Liftable TV is it's subscription, but because of that, you, you would you get access to Eric Metaxas and you get access to all these other folks, but it's it's uh, an impregnable um, network where we can have feature you and your stories as you know a weekly program mm -hmm. and you're just telling us what you're doing we can bring some of the clips in because we'll be able to remunerate you or, is that the right word yeah yeah we'll be able to remunerate you for the work you're doing and and try to fund it i, I think subscriptions are going to be like eight yeah. bucks a month for others that went to LAUSD, that means pay yeah yeah so eight, eight bucks a month and then you know, obviously the the channel's going to get a portion of that. The creators yep. will, and then I think we get a third of that, which will go to our guests and and you know make it so that we can keep this mm -hmm. reporting happening and and we can bypass mainstream media and get honest brokers doing this work. And that's why I I covet this friendship and relationship we've built because uh, for folks to hear that that's the choice you've made, that's impressive, Jorge George. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's it's a decision I made when I was very young. I was like, I think like eighteen at that time, and you know, just just been going at it ever since. Getting out there, um, right now, also too focusing on a lot of the the fentanyl coming into the country. It's the we, only thing in America that's gone down in price. Yeah, yeah, you know, literally, literally it's so it's, it's you know, it's so cheap. So we're just trying to get all, all these stories out and 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 you know, help out Americans, bringing awareness to issues, and uh, like for instance, like you know. When the when the recall Newsom thing happened, you know, I didn't I didn't vote to recall Newsom because I I don't vote, but all of my reporting was very critical of Newsom, right? So we we, yeah. we shared the stories of the shutdowns, the church shutdowns, the businesses. Yeah. You followed people, that. That's yeah. the conclusion. So you're pointing this out that these are a violation yep. of the Constitution. He swore to defend, and yeah, they, they you may have been critical. He he's the one who's breaking the law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you were pursuing truth, and it leads you to those conclusions. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we we you know we put a lot a lot of that that uh that reporting out there, and um, like I said, it's just right now we we need journalists out there, whether it's a James O'Keefe, myself, the the, the younger generation that's going to come in, just get out there, get on the front lines, and um, you know, I'm very proud that I was one of the one of like the seven or eight guys that were on the ground. Uh, the night in Kenosha. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, and, and, and you were that, right there near Kyle. Yeah. It was a big lesson for me because I was on the, on the ground, um, you know, when the, when the shooting happened, we, we, me, I was, like I said, myself and like seven, seven other reporters got the footage. And then a year later, cause you know, we, we, it like totally slipped my mind. But when the, when the trial got brought up, I mean, the way that the mainstream media convinced the nation, yeah. um, that he like killed black people when, you know, he didn't even shoot anyone that was black, but right there it showed me, I said, they would have uh, actually got Kyle guilty if it wasn't for these seven, eight guys on the ground with nothing but like a cell phone. We're not talking about big TV cameras. Or there anything. was a drone. Yeah, there was a, there was a drone. Um, Ethan, I think there were there was rumors of a of an FBI drone up there. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> that got verified, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't rumor. Yeah, uh, yeah. After so, the trial. Um, but right there was a big lesson. So, you know, when that happened, a lot of media had me on TV. Fox Fox News had me on, and when I would go on TV, I would say, "Hey, this is a big deal for obviously the Second Amendment. We know that. I'm not trying to undermine it, but this is even a bigger deal." For independent media, because for me that was a victory. It, it almost was, like changed it, course. It, it, it was changed, a victory. Yeah. It did for independent media because not only did we beat the corporate media, which has billions of dollars and they could, they, you know, they had all the power control in the world, but we also beat Silicon Valley. Because if you remember, Pastor Rob, during that time you couldn't even tweet 
you know, free cow or anything. Like you, you, you yeah, you're Facebook done. You're canceled. Shut, yeah. You're canceled. So we we had to take on not only the corporate media, but also taking on corporate Silicon Valley, and they lost to like I said, seven, eight people with nothing but a little like a cell phone in their hand. Come on, give me but, that. That yeah. just that gives me chills, man. I love <laughs> yeah, that. That's awesome. I love that. I I think I talked with you about this. Um, building an organization we, where we start training guys just like you. Oh man, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would get behind something like that in a heartbeat. Me too. My, my goal is, um, you know, on, on a personal note, just to keep developing. But then one day, really start, start to teach the younger generation who's coming in um, about this kind of new style of journalism and beating out corporate media, the, 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 the propaganda. And I'm always, any, anytime student journalists reach out to me. I always give them feedback. I, I, you know, hop on phone calls with them. I do video, whatever yeah, they you, need. I'm yeah. always. You've always been gracious in that yeah. capacity. Because folks, folks did the same for me when I was in community college. So I always want to repay. Is that. there anybody out there right now that you think is doing good work that we should also be paying attention to? Or yeah, know? I mean, there's a there's a, there, there's a ton of folks. Um, I mean, the one one of the ones that come off right at the top of my head is uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, also Latino. So uh, is uh, Julio Rosas. He's with Town Hall Media. He does a really good yeah. job on on the border. He's actually about to release a book. Um, it's come and it's actually going to be uh, published through the Daily Wire, and that's, yeah. that book comes out in May, and it's called Fiery but Peaceful because Julio was also one of the guys on the ground for the 2020 riots. Me yeah. and him actually reported side by side a lot. So that's great. Julio Rosas is amazing. He, he's he's doing great work. Where's um, the best way to find him right now? He, right right now, Twitter. So if okay. you just go on, you know, Julio Rosas, he's on Twitter. Then like that, you get connected to everything. Like I said, he's about to release a book with the Daily Wire, Fiery but Peaceful. He's great. Savannah Hernandez is yeah. is doing great work right now. She just got suspended from what's Twitter. Up, what's up with all the courage of the Hispanics? Where, where, are, the, where are the gringos, <laughs> man? Where, uh, no, uh, and gringos for... it's playing video games? We got James O'Keefe, come one on, of, that's that's Irish. Yeah, no. One of, <laughs> one of my best friends out there is uh, Elijah Schaefer. Now he's not he's not too much like on the ground reporting. He's a great political commentator, but he's important for just the way he could break down culture. Yeah. And um, you know, he he has he's he's a big believer in Christ. So it's a great mix of what you get get from them. But a lot of guys out there, and look at at the end of the day, if corporate media wants to keep doing their job of how bad they are, it's going to keep opening up the lanes for. Yeah. For us independent folks and, and streamers. You're going to be right, nightly commentator. I got, I got Julio Rosas up here. And then who's the other one? The other one we like is Savannah Hernandez. But okay. she, she's banned on Twitter. So you might have to like I'll follow find her. her I'll find her somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You could get her on Rumble. Do you know where she's based out of? She's based uh, in Dallas, Texas right now. We should bring her out. Yeah. Still. I, better, could, I could connect you with yeah, her. That would be great. And, and, and we'll do Julio too. Give us his contact. Yeah, we'll, Julio's Any way we can support these folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Because we we, wanna, we want to amplify their message as much as we can. So having them on here and you know spreading that word because that's how we got to get the information out. No, exactly. And that's why it's um, – we're all – at the end of the day, whether it's – we all have different positions of how we're in the fight. And anytime we, that we meet other folks who are in the fight, passionate the way that we are, we all have to align because we're all yeah. kind of going against Everybody this Everybody has to carry machine. their corner of the yeah. stretcher. Yeah, we're, yep. we're already going against this corporate machine. I was actually telling like Kelly before, I was like, I can't find your dad on Instagram anywhere. They're like shadow banning Pastor Rob's account all over. So it's like we're also battling Silicon yeah. Valley. In it's there. kind of an honor. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> a badge of honor. Yeah, you're in good company. <laughs> Nobody can find you. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a great thing. Well, uh, Jorge, you you are uh, a treasure. Uh, you're a blessing, um, and you know, like I said, and I, I share this with a number of guests because uh, we are so grateful for what you all do. But I'm going to say it to you as well. If I have it and you need it, I'll give mm -hmm. it, and and you know that to be true. Um, yes, sir. And and you just call. Yeah, without your help, Pastor, we we couldn't even produce our last two documentaries. So really, hey. 
Man, major and, appreciation and, for that. And, and, that the, and the generosity comes from their generosity. Yep. Uh, the, the folks that that see this, they see the value in it. Um, you know, we we were a small little fellowship. We just started the live stream. They 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 got to forty thousand followers, and then they started messing with us on right, YouTube. Right. And now they shadow ban, and we're now trying to push everybody to Rumble. Rumble. Um, and and our our numbers are substantially lower. And, we, and we've watched kind of a drop, and and we never solicit for funds, but across the country we've had people. We have a we had a woman in Canada give us money. We never asked for money. Yeah. But when that comes in, it goes to stuff just like this. This is exactly it what does. we do. They bless us, so yeah. we can bless others. We're, and, we're not in the yeah. business of building bigger, whatever it is we do. Uh, we're a conduit, not a reservoir. And and I I have no interest in asking people for money. But when they give. Uh, they freely give, and so they don't put constraints on us. We do. That's why I can do what I do with you, and I love doing that, Jorge. So uh, you call us anytime, and and even if things are tight, I'm still giving. And if I got it, you need it, I'll, I'll give it, because I am so blessed by what you do. And America needs the truth to be reported, no matter where it leads. No, thank you so much, Pastor Rob. The the support and it helps out. It helps out guys like me because when we're out there, it also feels good to have that support from the community, from the church, and just kind of all know that hey, we're going against this big thing. And uh, like I said, it, it really helps getting these kind of documentary films where you know we're doing a lot of in you know investigation on the ground reporting. A lot of these reporters nowadays, I mean, they they're making six figures, but like they live in Manhattan from their apartment and they write yeah. hit pieces on, yeah. on folks. Yeah. You know, they're not, no one's out there on the ground just talking to everyday Americans. And one thing that I learned from being in DC media is everyone that that lives in DC who works in journalism, they can't relate to anyone in America no. because they don't know anyone who's they, struggling. They yeah. don't know anyone yep. who, who feels the pain at the pump right now or that they, single they mom. They swamp and bubble. Buy. Exactly. So um, it's us against them and, and you know, I, you know, even though I was affiliated, even though I'm affiliated with the Daily Call and that, that DC media, I, I really hate DC journalist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, keep pursuing the truth and doing what you're doing. It's Thank just you, incredible and we'll keep supporting you. If, if Liftable TV takes a direction that I think it will, it would be fun to just have a nightly newscast of stories uh, and, and folks know a place that they can go where mm-hmm. th- these, this is on the ground reporting of issues pertinent to our nation that you're not getting anywhere else. And and let's just put together a cadre of, of reporters. And yeah. man, I, I would... I would covet That's that. That's an amazing I, I would idea. Welcome yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's look into it. That's a great idea. All right. Well, I, I think I think we had a spectacular time tonight with Jorge. <laughs> George. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, George. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Gracias por todo, hermano. Yeah, I know. I always I always love coming on and uh Man, we got to do it. I love the studio. Yeah. Well, this is a lot, a lot different from last time I was in, in, in here. This is this is great. So. Yeah, you just yeah. do Moving a couple forward. of plastic cutouts and this new carpet, <laughs> yeah. and boom, you're rolling. Yeah, yeah I was telling uh, one of our last guests, I said uh, our very first uh, pr- premiere you know, video when we started, and, and I, I wasn't a YouTube guy. I, didn't, I could care less at that point. But then the lockdowns hit, and we started it to try to minister to our mm-hmm. shut-ins. Uh, and our very first, you know, YouTube or live stream looked like an ISIS beheading video. Yeah. You know, was me and Micah sitting on a couch, grainy backdrop. And uh, and and so, you know, the Lord's afforded that this is something people really yeah. want. So we're we're going to uh, provide it for them. And, and people are hungry for these type of yeah, conversations yeah, yeah, where, yeah. you know, we don't have to worry about what we say or anything like that. We could just speak freely among and that's that's the best way. Like that we could debate bad and good ideas. And Yeah, well, everybody's self-censoring now, mm-hmm. you know, in, in their conversations with folks. So it's nice to be in a place yeah. where you can have free conversation and explore ideas and, you know, report on the truth. Would you ever do anything uh, internationally? Would you ever consider going to Ukraine? And I'll, I'll, I'll do something um, internationally right now. I, I want to do a couple more... Kind of these films. I, I got States. you, but I'm just saying you're open to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 
His so. bravery knows no bounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ready for anything. So, All right. so I'm Love excited. It. You're like, yeah, uh, you're like Ernest Hemingway. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a glutton for punishment, but don't be the player that Ernest Hemingway was. You just be moral. <laughs> yeah, right? no, no, I will, I will. All right, bro. Well, keep keep George in your prayers, uh, and and George, thanks for joining us. And folks, uh, th- th- this is what we support, and this is what we get behind, and you all make it possible. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Um, there's a lot of places you can go to get information, but you, you've decided to make this a place where you tune in, and I, we couldn't be more grateful. And they make it hard, as George was pointing out, to make it real hard for you to find us. Um, and you got a reporter who knows how to dig, and he couldn't find me. So that's shadow banning. <laughs> that's, they're they're yeah. doing everything they can to just ruin us. But uh, now we're going to Rumble. We're going to be working on Liftable TV, and you all are going to make that possible. It's going to be word of mouth. And you can take eight reporters on the ground in Kenosha, and they take on mm-hmm. they take on mainstream media, and they take on big tech, and they win in the court of public opinion because they report the truth, and that truth set Kyle Rittenhouse free. And... Th- that's what we need to do in America. So you're making it possible, and we thank you so much. So until next time, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us on Liberty Station. Good night, everybody. Good night.